Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Jessica Bard, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, heart disease is the number one cause of death in the United States, and diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. People who smoke are 30 to 40 percent more likely to get diabetes compared with people who don't smoke. Dr. Sri Banerjee is here to speak with us about the effect of smoking on the association between diabetes and cardiovascular mortality. Dr. Banerjee is a faculty member at the School of Health Sciences at Walden University. He's based in Loyola, Pennsylvania. He's also a clinical biostatistician and an epidemiologist. Hi, my name is Dr. Sri Banerjee, and I have been in the areas of medicine public health and epidemiology for nearly 20 years. I first started off in the Centers for Disease Control two decades ago doing research with HIV and other infectious diseases. Since then, I had for a number of years um, seen patients uh, with chronic diseases, especially with diabetes. And I witnessed firsthand how treatments were unsuccessful time and time again. So this is my motivation behind doing more diabetes research. And I've since then studied diabetes in vulnerable populations as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate having you on the podcast. Your poster presentation is called Effective Smoking Status on the Association Between Diabetes and Cardiovascular Mortality at ADCES 21. Can you tell us a little bit more about your study and why specifically, I know you mentioned a little bit just now, but why specifically you're so passionate about this? Sure. Thank you for that question. First of all, when I think of diabetes, it's something that is not just a condition, a disease, something that some other patient has. It's very near and dear to my heart because there are several family members that have gone through this and have firsthand witnessed how much this causes many different types of comorbidities even, and eventually just leads to devastating consequences like cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular mortality, which is still the number one killer in the United States. So these conditions, you know, understanding them from a clinician perspective was very difficult because on one hand, medications that are so good at controlling glucose were being prescribed. Insulin was being prescribed. And still, when I, when the patients came back to me in Baltimore, I saw that they weren't under control. So there was a lot going on. And many times there were not only medical conditions but risk behaviors that that were also playing a role in not having the sugars under control and i'll get more into that from our research that that we conducted here how do social factors impact tobacco use that is a great question as it turns out according to the world health organization tobacco use actually has been defined as a marker of social inequity so smoking Traditionally, um, as clinicians, is is viewed as a lifestyle choice behavior. But if we change our perspective and start to think about this as a social equity factor, then the approach in how we engage in behavior modification and smoking cessation also has to change to make room for this new approach. 
And and so when we started studying this and created this um, longitudinal Cox regression model, we had to take this into consideration, this understanding into consideration in, in order to have a completely cohesive model. So as we continue to try to determine the best way to study this concept, we decided to explore a nationally representative data set known as the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey that is conducted by the Centers for Disease Control. And so we went in and abstracted out data between the years of 1999 and 2010. And then we continued and linked this data set to the National Vital Statistics data set and were able to retrieve mortality outcome data all the way up to December 31, 2015. So from this longitudinal model, we were able to determine how precisely smoking plays a role in how diabetes affects cardiovascular disease, more specifically cardiovascular mortality. So backing up here, when we're thinking about the explanatory main explanatory variable, which in this situation is diabetes, because that's what we're studying, and we think of the cardiovascular mortality, we look at the hazard ratio. But instead of having just one model, we separate it into two models. One in which the individuals were actually current smokers. So one model looked at that. And then in another model, we looked at individuals that were not smokers. And so we looked at how diabetes had an effect on cardiovascular mortality in individuals that were smokers versus individuals who were non-smokers. And then finally found that in fact, in, in individuals that were positive with smoking status and also were positive for diabetes actually had a, a higher chance for cardiovascular mortality than people that did not, uh, that, that only had positive smoking status and did not actually have diabetes. So again, going back to this concept of integrating social equity, and understanding social equity and integrating this into the model, the trans-theoretical model has been always classically the framework that's been used for behavior modification. And so I, I remember when I first learned it in medical school and we had recording rooms where there would be video cameras and mock, mock patients where I would have to practice the trans-theoretical model. And so this is where I learned about it. And, and then when I started seeing patients, this was, this was the cornerstone of behavior change. But when we start to understand social factors, then it's not only the readiness to change, which is part of the trans-theoretical model by Prochaska and Di Clemente, but also it's important really to understand what types of equity-related issues that we have to address. And health disparities, disparities in access, these are all very much at the center stage of our national dialogue when we're thinking about COVID-19 and how many chronic diseases have been exacerbated due to this virus, which have been linked to all sorts of other comorbidities. So these chronic diseases need more research, more funding, and we need to think outside the box. We need to be thinking about creative ways that not only can we engage in behavior change, but also at the same time address equity-related issues and disparities that exist within society in order to fully address cardiovascular outcomes from diabetes.
How does smoking cessation decrease mortality from diabetes? That's a good question. And, and the purpose of this model was more to understand the effect of, on outcome rather than understanding more the physiology of how it happens. From, from the existing evidence that we already have and, and the knowledge, there's multiple mechanisms that have been pr proposed, pathophysiological mechanisms, where individually by engaging in, sm in smoking behavior or, or changing the availability of nitric oxide. And so once that happens, when availability of nitric oxide goes down, then of course, nitrovasodilators work by nitric oxide. And when that's downregulated, then that will cause more cardiovascular disease. So that's one mechanism by which smoking causes. And so the opposite would be true if this was reversed. And then individually, we know diabetes, glucose, the molecule itself is in fact harmful to the lining of the blood vessels. So the endothelial lining is damaged. And so from that, there is buildup of atherosclerotic plaque. And so the combination of these two risk factors create more buildup of atherosclerotic plaque and increase in coronary artery disease, which would then lead to increase cardiovascular mortality as we witnessed in our research project. And that's a good transition right there. How can diabetes interact with other risk factors to affect cardiovascular health? Back when I was going through medical training and medical school, the thinking was that diabetes is a coronary risk equivalent. So diabetes can be considered as important as any other, in fact, even more important than other coronary artery risk factors. Since then, there have been other researchers that have refuted the level of risk that diabetes plays into cardiovascular disease. So there has been contradictory evidence in, in the last two decades. So this research here shows that diabetes, in addition to another risk factor, can in fact make a difference in mortality outcomes and lead to poor outcomes. So I have not only now witnessed this with combining diabetes with smoking status, but also looking at depression sort of symptoms, looking at suicidal thoughts. So these are the types of questions that springboard off of this for future research. Let's talk about some of that future research. How do you hope that this research will kind of impact the future of diabetes education? Yes, very important question. And diabetes education is all about health promotion and wellness promotion. And so this research will allow educators to highlight and really guide their patients in the most important issues that need to be addressed within their health. So for instance, if, if somebody does have, is positive for smoking status, then this research shows that why it is so important to be able to address smoking cessation and in order to have improved outcomes. Give us the overall takeaway message from this study and this poster presentation. When researchers think about diabetes, I've talked with many of my colleagues, and the idea is that diabetes is just over-researched. There's so much already out there. There's nothing new to be gleaned from this. To researchers out there, to my colleagues, I'm telling you that th this is testimony showing that there is so much to be learned from trying to improve diabetes health outcomes. We have come a long way. We have learned so much about this condition, but there can still 
be simple things that can be done in order to improve outcomes from diabetes. And one such thing is to engage in smoking cessation models. And one thing to keep in mind here, not everyone that walks in through that door will be ready to stop smoking right then. You know, the person might just be ready for some literature. So this trans-theoretical model actually makes room for that fact. Some people might not really have a plan to make a change. Others, there might be six months still. Others within the month. So according to how comfortable your patient is, you can suggest accordingly what they need to do. And that is the real power in this model for smoking cessation. But incorporating some equity-related questions in, into that would actually additionally benefit the patient, patient in improving diabetes outcomes. So my main takeaway message here is that if we can do simple behavior modification and understand better health equity, then we can really improve our patients' health outcomes for diabetes. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Banerjee. We appreciate your time. Thank you.